everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are really excited today. We have an author on the podcast. Love talking with authors. We're talking with Rachel Fordham today. And Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. This is so fun because it's, I, I think you're the only one that this could fit this description because you have, this will be your fourth time technically on Hallmarkies podcast, but this is the first time that we've uh, that I've been able to be on a sh- an episode with you, which I don't think there's anybody else that has been on the show that many times without interacting with me. <laughs> so welcome. I know. I, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love, I love your podcast. It's so fun to be here. Cause you have been on twice before on deliver me a podcast, which was a series that, that Casey and, uh, and Jess and the others did talking about postables. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And then you were on regular Hallmarkies podcast. Uh, I think it was last year that I just happened to not be on that, that interview, that episode. So anyway, it's just wild. <laughs> well, it's, it's super fun to be here. I'm yeah. excited. So we're excited to have your, we'll talk a lot about your new book, the letter tree. Mm-hmm. But uh, since I wasn't on those episodes, I, I thought it would be fun just to get to know you a little bit as a writer. And, uh, and so how did you get started writing? What was your inspiration to kind of go down that path? Yeah. So I started writing because my, I was like in a really busy stage of life and I sort of felt like I needed a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And my husband jokingly said, well, you read so much. Why don't you write a book? And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. And Um, it was like this whole new part of me just kind of came alive and I got lost in it and I wrote a book and then I wrote another one. And then I was like, what do I do with them? I think they're maybe better than just something just slide under my bed, you know? And so, so it sort of happened, um, by mistake, I guess. Uh, but I love it and I haven't stopped and I just, yeah, I could keep Mm -hmm. going forever. No shortage of plot lines. It's just a blast. Mm -hmm. Were they always, uh, historical? So everything I have published is historical, but I do have some contemporary stuff that I hope to publish. Uh, so mm-hmm. who knows? The sky's the limit, right? Yeah. So you wrote these books just for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then ha- what was your process like as far as finding finding a publisher? Because uh, you worked your original books were with Revel, right? Correct? Yeah. yeah. So originally, um, so I knew, I always say that I learned everything backwards. I knew nothing about publishing. I had one, I didn't tell anyone I was writing a book besides a couple family members. So I was actually out to lunch with an author friend and, but she didn't know I had written a book. And I was like, so if somebody wrote a book, what would they do next? And <laughs> yeah. she was like, well, you'd probably want to query an agent. I was like, okay. Then I get home and I have to Google, what does it mean to query an agent? <laughs> and so I, I wrote to some agents. I didn't know much about them. They were names that I'd found in the back of books that I had read. And I ended up getting a couple offers for representation, which was just mind blowing to me. And then they found my original publisher and I was with them for five books and they were wonderful. And now I'm with HarperCollins. That's so exciting. That's great. Uh, Yeah. You must've just like gone crazy when you found out that uh well first of all that you got an agent but then that when you sold that first book that must have been very exciting it was really exciting and it definitely felt kind of surreal um and it's some it's a story that I love because I feel like you know it just kind of all worked out how it was supposed to for me but I also recognize that there are a lot of incredibly talented authors who you know it takes 10 years or something to to find an agent and so 
um I just have so much respect for people who yeah. who go through that long struggle and you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I was curious uh, that uh with the romance genre basically kind of saving publishing right now that it's contributing to two-thirds of the overall gains in publishing in adult fiction and that unit sales in 2021 for romance grew 40 percent uh, oh. so it's just a massive category right now and I'm just curious about why you think that might be and what do you think the overall appeal to to the romance category um I mean, I'm definitely not an expert on that side of it, but I would say that I think that coming out of, I sat in a marketing meeting shortly after COVID and everybody was just talking about how, you know, there's a trend towards people wanted things that made them feel good. Life was hard. um, Mm -hmm. And um, I remember in that meeting, they were saying that people wanted relatable romances. Like some of the billionaire type romances were not doing as well as some of these mm-hmm. every day. They wanted to feel like the everyday person could have a happy ending. And that that seemed to be where sort of that darker unexpected um, ending had been really popular. Not that it's not still, but had been, yeah, you know, and that coming out of COVID, there was just sort of this desire for a happy ending. And, yeah. and I'm okay with that because yeah. I think that, that makes for a better read. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so would you describe yourself as a pantser or a plotter? Definitely a pantser. Although, I mean, like, I think it's a spectrum. And so I usually know like kind of where I want to start and where I want to get to. And if there's a really big historical element that needs to be researched, then, um, I'm going to do some of that ahead of time, but for the most part, it's discovery writing. And I don't exactly know what path it's going to take me on until I get there. And and it makes it Mm -hmm. fun. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. You're a big postable. You've been on the Deliver Me podcast a couple times. Uh, and of course this new book is involves letters, letter writing, and then you've had others that have been involved letter writing. So I'm just curious about, about that. What do you think there is about letters that makes it especially, um, literary? So my, uh, my second book was yours truly Thomas. And that's the one that mm-hmm. the post will kind of latched onto. And it was, I published it. And then I started getting emails from readers saying, have you ever watched Seinfeld delivered? You should watch it. It's like takes place in the, you know, like the current times dead letter office. And I was like, no, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. 
finally I told my husband, I was like, I am going to watch this show so I can start telling people that I But yeah. I kind of went in with like a low expectation and I totally fell in love with it. Like, and it was so family friendly that like we binged watched it with our children, which they had never really like dove into a series like that. And so it just made for this really fun summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so not only did I love the show, but I loved, you know, the experience that I had with the show. Yeah. And then it was so fun to connect with um, readers who were also viewers of that show. So it was just great fun. I also got mm-hmm. to go to Rama Drama meet um you know the cast and sit on panels and it was so fun um but I didn't set out to be like a letter writing author that just was the case in that story mm-hmm. none of my books purely epistolatory but right, it just, right right there, there are times when um you know like even when we text or we have a phone call like we communicate a little bit differently and so mm-hmm. there's just certain times in a novel when you know like the written word something that someone's like poured their heart into or yeah. they're being exceptionally vulnerable just makes for a really like either romantic or poignant moment in a story and so you know in the case of the letter tree that comes out you know this month um it's these people don't really know each other so you know it's it's allowed them I mean they know each other really really well in the written by in the written word right but not in Mm -hmm. person it just sort of made for a fun component to the story well, I mean, if you think about it, like Jane Austen was the queen of the yeah. swoon-worthy letter. Like, so, yeah. like I'm not yeah. have hope. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. The best. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think it, it works really well. And I agree with you about the, um, the postables. I think that that series, Science Hill Delivered, is the strongest thing that Hallmark's ever made as far as it, I, I mean the way home was very good but we only have one season so we'll see but um I uh I I loved that show so much and uh and it, particularly the Christmas movie I think is the finest thing that Hallmark's ever made I absolutely oh, I, love it I would agree with you I have so I mean I love it from the you know just the entertainment point of view but as an author like I just have so much respect for Martha um, Williamson being able to take that to be able to so gently work those characters through like their trauma in this very yeah. like entertaining I love that she let Rita and Norman kind of be like quirky characters who are not treated like they are secondary but that their storyline is so valid and so beautiful yeah. so yeah I just I think she I mean it's I would love to write a tv show someday and and she would definitely be someone that i would look to as inspiration so yeah it would have been really easy especially with rita to make her too sort of manic pixie you know and and not give her like real teeth that 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 they do and uh, you're just so invested in them as a couple and as humans and in that that christmas movie i just think it's so lovely the way that it truly handles handles themes of faith and loss and grief with such grace and Mm -hmm. it's it's not preachy at all it's just authentic to these characters and their experience yeah i mean it's just really beautiful and there's so many episodes that like make you tear up Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it allows those four characters to be multi-dimensional you know they're they're all treated like you know they're not just a tool to progress the story like they're and so yeah i I loved it i'm like ready to go binge watch it again (laughs) 
Yeah. I know that was the only downside to uh, the girls doing Deliver Me a podcast, which was brilliant. And I totally supported them doing it is that I was only on the show on that segment series one time. And so I didn't really get to, and we've covered uh, the, the newer movies, uh, of course, but I didn't really get to to geek out about Science Hill Delivered like I might otherwise have. Yeah, I, <laughs> Which, I need to do it because it's, it's time to watch it again. Yeah, so. hey, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like I said, especially that Christmas movie, I think it is absolutely, it's a movie that's actually about Christmas mm-hmm. and the atonement and and everything that is healing about right. about Christ and his his gift to the world, but it's so well calibrated, so well done <clears throat> that it at least to me, it, I don't think it feels pushy on Shane as you know she's having her journey and uh, on uh, on Oliver and you know and he's dealing with his grief and his loss and all of it. It's just I just love it. I think it's so good. No, it's, it's really brilliantly done. Um, mm. I think that, I think that a lot of us authors could take notes on that, you know, because yeah. he does balance the, you know, the, the faith and the, and the story in a way that doesn't feel like one's dominating the other. Like they just yeah. walk hand in really well. It's very difficult. Very, yeah. very, very difficult to do. Hey, this is Jen Johans, host of the podcast, Watch with Jen which delivers a steady stream of great movie recommendations, thoughtful career deep dives, and first-rate conversations with film critics, authors, actors, journalists, filmmakers, and more. You can find Watch with Jen wherever you get your podcasts or hear us first at our Patreon at patreon.com slash filmintuition. Yeah, so I, I think that it's fun that you were able to combine uh, a lot of different story elements in this new book, The Letter Tree, uh, and get some inspiration from things like Science Hill Delivered and and uh, um, in in this new book. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about The Letter Tree? So, I mean, I jokingly call it like you've got Mel meets Romeo and Juliet meets Rapunzel mm-hmm. meets 1920s it's it's kind of a modgepodge of a lot mm-hmm. of things but at the heart of it is you know these feuding families that love is what's going to ultimately like bring you know reconciliation and mm-hmm. uh, and forgiveness and all of these things but it's set to just a really fun backdrop I think the setting is something that I just loved because I lived in Buffalo for four years and so a lot of the settings are places, you know, like the tree that they go to that is where they exchange letters is in the Buffalo Zoo, which is where I used to take my toddler. And so it's just very fun for me in, in those ways. But um, it's a really fun setting. The 1920s, I was a little scared of because I felt like, you know, all I could really think of was like the Great Gatsby. And I didn't want to write a Great Gatsby novel, but I was able <laughs> to just really fall in love with this era. And it was just a really unique time in history. So it was fun to capture that. But it, I don't know. I'm like rambling, but it's, it's just, it's a, it's a romance um, between like star-crossed lovers in the 1920s. And it's, it's lots of fun. Mm-hmm. So it's about these two people that their, their families are rival businesses, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, and uh, Campbell's versus Bradshaw's, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and 
they uh they don't you know families have this feud they don't like each other but then they are exchanging these letters unbeknownst to the right. that they're they're just and uh and you know it's interesting because this idea of the, the i mean the original play uh was called perfumery and then perfumery was then made into shop around the corner and the shop around the corner was good old summertime and then good old summertime mm-hmm. and uh is uh and eventually it, it ended up as you've got mail and of course there's she loves me on broadway which is brilliant this this story has just evolved over the years and there's just something i think that is romantic about the idea of falling in love over your words right. and, and and especially two people that in real life don't even like each other but their I words know. they're in love with their words i just think it's, it works and i think it kind of works in a way because we love tropes but we've got enemies to lovers and friends to lovers happening on at the exact same time yes oh so you get to you get caught up in both of them. I mean, she's falling in love with his words while she hates him in real life. And it's just, yeah. it's just fun. And, mm-hmm. and I think it challenges us. Maybe that's why we like it too, is because it makes us think like, you know, do these other people that I'm crossing in my life, like, would we have a different relationship in a different setting? Like mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it was fun. And it was actually, I didn't really set out to have it be a you got mail originally, but um, I was trying to, I wanted to do a feud. That's the element I knew going in. Cause I hadn't written a feud and that seemed like a fun thing mm-hmm. to tackle. And so I started reading old feuds, hoping about old feuds, hoping that I would get like, a a little bite of inspiration. And, you know, I read about like the Hatfields and the McCoys and, you know, all of these, but then I read about this company, um, that over in Germany during, uh, world war two, I believe. Yeah, no, I'm thinking, okay, I think it's World War II. Yeah, World War II. And they um, they were a family in that case. It was a family business. And they end up separating because of some things that happened in World War II. And they become two different businesses. And one becomes Adidas and one becomes Puma. And I just like, and like the whole town, like which shoes you wore kind of told which side of the feud you were on. And mm-hmm. and so it's definitely not in any way based on that. But that is the one that sort of captured my attention and made me go, what if, what if, what if, what if, until I got to my own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a, an interesting dynamic to set your two characters because there's so much that they're, that's kind of out of their control. Mm-hmm. And so then they have to respond to it and they have to, to, and, and it can feel kind of like, there's no hope for our characters but then of course you know there is because it's a romance but so that it, it draws you in no it's it's fun to not to know you know because you know some books you're not supposed to know the ending like you go into romance and you kind of know the ending but it's how are mm-hmm. they going to get there that yeah. is the, the fun part and I think sometimes on this one you go I don't know <laughs> yeah that is one nice thing as a critic that that I have to be so careful in most of my mainstream reviews to not like, I really can't share almost anything about the plot these days. Like people will accuse you of spoilers for the most inane details. You're just like, what? (laughs) I remember someone got mad at me for my saying that there was time travel in Avengers Endgame. I'm just like, come (laughs) on. Like everyone now, like it's what? (laughs) Give me a break. Um, Yeah. Anyway, and you have to be so careful, but that is one nice thing about covering romance is that not that I would like, I guess technically you could spoil it, but everybody knows the endings of these movies. So you don't really have to worry about that in the same way that I have to worry about with other stuff, which is kind of nice. I agree. Yeah, that is nice. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, but it is, 
it's the journey. Yeah. I feel the same way. My next book, I'm my 2024 book. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do interviews on it because there's, there's just some things I'm not going to be able to say, but I want to say oh. them because people are going to want to hear that, you know? So yeah. Sometimes there's I'll like a nice twist or, or, or something like that, that can be yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. But the romance part of it, we can talk about. It's just yeah. all these other elements. I'm like, it's going to right. be hard. Yeah. <laughs> So how did you come up with Laura and Isaac as characters like in developing kind of their personalities? Um, well, it felt like it would be fun for them to each have had a unique experience because of the feud. So her family, um, because of the feud, has sort of sheltered her to an extreme to where she's um, kind of secluded. And, you know, I kind of compare to Rapunzel. She's not quite to that extreme. She can get out some, but she's been very like, isolated in a sense and he's kind of the bachelor that everybody is interested in and so they you know then you get a little bit of an opposites um too but at the heart of it they're really similar because they they both I mean in their letters they just know each other so well and they're both kind of lost in their circumstances but it's presenting in very different ways and so um so I was mostly just going for this element of um I don't know. They both just needed things that they were going to have to grow and overcome. And so for her, it's yeah. finding her voice in a world that she's been kind of, um, she hasn't been able to use her voice. And for mm -hmm. him, it's um, trying to figure out who he is when everybody expects him to be one way. So. Yeah. He's kind of playing the part. Yeah. But that's not really who he is. But the only person who really knows who he is yeah. is this writing Thursday, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, was it fun writing the kind of villain, Abel? Um, yes, it was fun. I actually like feel like he's one of the things that every round of editing I went through, I was always trying to refine more and more because he was somebody who started out for me um, being sort of just a tool. You know, he was something that it was supposed to help progress the plot along and then to try to go back and give him like flesh him out a little bit more mm -hmm. and figure out who he was so that people would and figuring out how to have everyone else figure out who he really was so he was um he was someone that was maybe a little bit more tricky to write but I, I really enjoyed writing him like he I think I think there's people like that who kind of deceive us a little bit and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think and I but I had to be believable enough because we want to love our heroine and so I don't yeah. want I didn't want him to be too obvious right mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> so it was fun it's a fun challenge um mm -hmm. and I yeah 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 because you don't want him to be like too much like a gaston or something like that which is fun for that movie but you you know Wait, well and it works in that movie because she never likes him so we don't lose respect right for him. yeah case, you know laura really really considers him because she wants to break free and she thinks he might be the be the way out you know mm -hmm. so, um yeah. and so we can't he couldn't be as obvious because people wouldn't would lose respect for our heroine and yeah that makes yeah. sense that makes sense yeah so was it hard writing the actual letters that you you do when you include a letter was that hard to like to make it sound like authentic and like oh this person would really write this letter um I actually really 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 love the letter writing part every time I put one in a novel it's just usually they're put in at a place where um, it feels like it's almost easier to tell that bit of a story that way. Um, the only challenge in this one, I think, was that some of the original letters that they refer back to were written when they were like 14 years old. And so to make sure that their voice mm -hmm. sounded mm -hmm. younger, you know, as 
than the current letters, but still sounded like them. Mm -hmm. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. That makes sense. I feel like that would, because I think that when you, and this is different than, than email, think talking about you've got mail, that there's something about when you're actually writing a letter that you like think about every word in a way that you don't in even an email or your normal conversation. Yeah. And I think especially back then, you know, I mean, I, I guess not so much in this book, but like, especially my, like yours, Shirley Thomas book, like, you know, like paper was expensive. Sending a letter was expensive. Like this might be the only communication I have with this person for, you know, particularly then when there was no phones and stuff for such a long time, like mm-hmm. I better be careful what I say. We could mm-hmm. probably all take a lesson in that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we were able to like, I'll leave that comment mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not thinking it through. You know what you would like, well, it's, it's a slightly more mature than Hallmark or things, but I don't think it's too bad is um the dash and lily did you ever hear about this dash and lily i don't think so but i'll write it down yeah it's on netflix we only got one season but it was a really cute season and it kind of similar in the sense of that so they they're these people that um they're one they're teens and she puts a a letter in a book in this store and then the the male character finds the letter and they start communicate they start writing leaving each other letters around the city and uh and then it's it's really cute but um uh but uh but yeah that that idea of kind of like i don't know finding somebody to communicate with in the they it's just so it's so attractive it's so appealing well i think i mean we see it i think even today you know i mean i guess this has the anonymity factor but I mean how many people have like kind of a virtual friend that they talk to often I mean mm-hmm. you know it, yeah like half my writer friends I have never met in person we, we yeah. just you know reach out to each other when we have a problem or something so that's true I mean most of the uh the co-hosts on the podcast I haven't met in person which is kind of friends. wild yeah oh yeah yeah definitely uh I've I've met a handful of them but it's that uh but yeah have it's, like a retreat or something i really want to i'm trying to make it work uh i maybe sometime next year doing something but uh but uh, yeah if people want to support the patreon so that we can meet <laughs> please yeah <laughs> really <laughs> but uh but yeah i i enjoyed the book i thought it was very sweet and endearing and engaging and i really liked their romance and uh, you know he as is typical in in the perfumery stories he finds out first Mm -hmm. and uh uh who she is and can't believe it that of all the 
all the girls and all <laughs> that it, that it would be her yeah. um and uh, so then he kind of has to grapple with it and i liked him as a character i thought he was good yeah well one of the fun elements when so when i had him find out um i i started thinking you know sort of about like the trajectory of you've got mail and mm-hmm. in that book, he keeps it a se- his identity a secret for a really long time. And I just mm-hmm. felt like today readers might not embrace that quite as much, you know, like. And so I tried to find a way for her to find out. But then my one of my favorite parts is that little period of time when when they both have discovered who the other person is, but they don't know the other person knows who the other person is. Anyway, yeah, I love that. It, it just made it fun because it put them both on equal ground, but they didn't know they were on equal ground. Yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. fun. <laughs> I like that too. I like that too. Yeah, it works in the the uh, refumery like movies and in, in plays because uh, because we as like an audience can kind of be a participant in the whole like we know and what does she know you know and sort of it that it it works on that level. But I think for a book, it works also to to have them you know because you want them to like. When it could work yeah. either way it's just, yeah it you could know, that's true there's some readers who and i think because they had so many things they needed to work out together that would have maybe felt like in this particular book had i drug it on too long that it was i don't know borderline like he's i don't know i don't want to say like abusing her but like Manipulating. I don't know, the yeah. for too long would have um I don't know I can't words but you know what I mean like would have been unfair to her and so yeah yeah you know some of them it's so lighthearted, and this is right but too but some of the issues that they were dealing with are pretty big stuff and so they needed they needed to communicate and so hopefully they do find out which was really cute because they had to you know we had to have a little like physical chemistry as well right Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which we all like is right yeah well, congratulations on the book. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, people can check it out, put an uh, affiliate link in the description. And uh, when, when, when is it, uh, when is it released? October 31st. Okay, great. Um, well, we like to end our interviews with some fun, get to know you questions. And I'm not sure if you've done these, but it's all right. I'm not sure if you've done these in uh, your other interviews, but so bear with me, but uh, it'll be fun. And so with Christmas coming, these are the holiday get to know you questions. Okay. What's your favorite Christmas song or carol? Okay, I'm gonna go with um, "Until You," and partly because, and that's by Danny Goki, and partly because oh. my um, my foster daughter that I had just for some reason it just touched her heart, and then when it touched her heart, it touched my heart because she just loved it. So oh, cool! I don't know that. Very good. What is your favorite classic Christmas movie? White Christmas. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Okay. Which do you like better, Scrooge or the Grinch? Scrooge. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, which do you like better, clear lights or colored? Clear. Okay. Yeah. Uh, would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Snowball fight. Okay. Uh, would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? Not. Okay. <laughs> that was an easy one. Okay, good, good. All right, last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? I do, yes. What's your I'm... ugly Christmas sweater? Um, I think it's like an alpaca with a with Christmas clothes on. I should have worn it. <laughs> Maybe it's a llama, llama or alpaca. Uh-huh, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, good. That sounds yeah. good. Well, very good. You did it. You answered all the questions. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. So nice to get to finally meet you and, uh, and, uh, and talk about your writing. So thank you for coming on. And if people want to follow you on socials or anything like that, how do they do that? Yeah. Um, I'm in, on Instagram at Rachel underscore Fordham. I'm on Facebook, you know, Facebook slash Rachel Fordham fans. And I have a new, I have a newsletter, rachelfordham.com. So I'm all over the place. Great. Great. We'll have all that information in the description. So make sure y'all check that out. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Also make sure you are following the podcast, the Homework is Pod and Homework is Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews for us. We really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. Check that out. And uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to y'all later. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>